Chris, the dating doc, and this podcast episode is all about Facebook possibly being regulated. Will dating apps be next? Stay tuned. You know, sometimes you may have something in your mind and you want to be able to pick the right kind of language, the best way to explain it, right? Whether it's a point, a philosophy, a mindset, a political, social opinion. And sometimes you just need that opportunity. You need to read it somewhere else to be able to be like, that's what I've been thinking the whole time or that's what I've been trying to say the whole time. Well, that's what I'm getting at when it comes to government. Is the government up to the task of regulating Facebook? Now, I'm going to read an article. I'm going to just do a quick paraphrase of uh, an article from thehill.com that goes into regulating Facebook. I've done pieces like this before, and not particularly Facebook, more the dating apps. I've talked about the social pollution of dating apps. I've talked about the unrealistic expectations, the mental health issues, the anxiety, the dopamine burnout, things of that sort. Dating apps are a cousin. They are a cousin to these popular social media apps such as Instagram and Facebook. What they do is they target, get you addicted, and manipulate your brain into either accepting a certain view or a certain image, especially when it comes to Instagram. So this this article, again from thehill.com, entitled, Is Government Up to the Task of Regulating Facebook? Written by Tara D. Sun and Shine. And it goes into the debate over Facebook. Now, you see this on the news as of 6 October. You got Francis Hogan, a former Facebook product manager, who told during a Senate hearing that the social network's products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy. I do not play on Facebook as much anymore, and I actually see what's going on. I see people that I used to respect in the military using it to just fight, just argue, just post an article contrary to whatever um, party they're against or social beliefs. That That is their whole persona now. They're no longer sharing how to be a leader. They're no longer even sharing how proud they are to serve. Their entire persona, their entire being is wrapped around playing on Facebook and just putting these very toxic articles out. And you can't argue it. You can't argue it because this is what ends up happening. Either, number one, oh, you must be from the other side. You must agree with the other, you know, the other politician or the other political party or the other social view. Because again, I'm like, come on. Take a step back and realize that your whole life cannot be centered around these, these articles. Number two, they feel you're just a contrarian. You just want to disagree to disagree. When in reality, I'm actually trying to show some tough love and having these people get away and, and enjoy their life. And, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible because this is what I normally see with people that are either retired or the grumpy over 45-year-old folks. Yes, you still see it. You know, the young folks in their 20s and 30s putting out 
political art articles, but I normally see this from the over 45 Karen acting group. That's it. Their whole persona is, is, is sharing these, uh, these articles. But when it comes to the opposite end of it, when you're talking about the youngsters, does Instagram and Facebook, does it promote content that is harmful to teens? Look at it. Just look at what's promoted more on Instagram and Facebook. It's not helpful advice. It's not philosophy, uh, unless it's like a quick meme or something. No. It's these outlandish image expectations, especially for young women. And these, these have serious consequences where women feel like they're not enough, where they feel that they have to dress less to get more attention, where they have to risk their self-respect to get more attention. And you know, part of this article says, uh, is Facebook a news operation or a connecting platform like the phone company? A generator of news or just a pipeline for conversation? It's the same argument we had about cable news when it became opinion-driven and less objective. Well, I would dare argue that Facebook used to be a place to connect with friends and miss them and say, oh, cool, man, my fifth grade friend, you know, who sat behind me in geography class as a suggested friend. It, it went from that to now it, it's disguised as a conversation starter, but not healthy communication, not healthy conversations. It's a place where the deplorable come to express their hate. And uh, there is a massive fog of information. Posted, reposted, tweeted, retweeted, shared every day. And, and this has an exponential effect on someone's brain. When you're bored, you go to your social media apps. You are eating, mentally at least, a digital diet that either consists of something healthy or something that is going to destroy your thoughts and your opinions and perspectives of a certain group of people. What's new is the exponential reach of Facebook and its other properties and the way it digs deeper and deeper into more and more people's lives, obscuring fact and fiction. Luring users into a trap of self-imposed groupthink. Yes. And ultimately extending into conspiracy theories and false information. Again, this is uh, verbatim from the Hill. As you saw there, or as you heard, I should say, you're not seeing, right? Look at that. Using all five senses there. Self-imposed groupthink. Confirmation bias. Polarized thinking. That, that is exactly the way that society is being shaped that social pollution that I talked about. For many, Facebook and Instagram have always been about documenting their lives, not covering news. When it suffered an outage yesterday, Facebook left billions of anxious social media users in the dark. Hmm. Let's talk about that in this next segment. Now, the last segment I was talking about this article from The Hill, which uh, went into should Facebook be regulated? The title itself is government up to the task of regulating Facebook. Interesting timing, because as we know, okay, yesterday, 
for many, Facebook and Instagram were went dark. And you know, okay, what what the, went dark about what exactly? About what we had for lunch, which new tricks or dogs performed, or which positions someone took us in a, someone took in a yoga class. It made us a little bit isolated for some of us. But did it really cut us off from the news about the world at large? Again, some people have gone to social media as not only their news source, but also their mental punching bag for them to vent their frustrations with the world. And for many, right, for over 3 billion Facebook users, they rely on it to go to other websites. Some of them go to the websites more than connecting with their friends and family like they used to before. It's crazy. This one's wild. According to one study, the average person spends 59 hours a week online. Here I thought I was doing bad. I was averaging about, I think, six to seven hours. Yeah, about six to seven hours. But you combine that. That's a day combined that time. Yeah, I'm actually close to that 59 hours a week online. That's the average person. The article goes on to say is that Facebook has become the equivalent of critical infrastructure for many people. And we truly don't want to be without power or information. Again, an addiction. But the wider crisis about Facebook has to do with the fate of human interaction. (laughs) Social media. The pandemic has forced many of us indoors, masked and socially distanced. We have not had to exercise communication skills. The ability to power down and power off is a lifelong skill that is probably not taught early or often enough. Maybe it's a time to teach it. So, I really talk a lot about digital detox because many of us are increasingly at risk of anxiety, depression, and other things to harm ourselves or, you know, to take it permanent. And what's, what's really, what's really scary is that our escape from work, our escape from the stresses of family and, and commitments is another stressor of being on your phone of reading social media of reading these uh, news or, or viral news or puppy got shot that really spikes up your dopamine so your escapism is actually not an escape you're just heading right back into a mental hell and what I've noticed when it comes to, to even my dating life when I feel more in the flow when I feel authentic when I feel like my brain has put a lot of stress in the recycle bin is when I power down and power off Unfortunately for a lot of us, we assume or we're in, the, we're in this shroud of deception thinking that we are powering down and powering off by powering up your phone. It's just, it, it doesn't work that way. And again, all it does is just confuse your brain more. It makes your, your thoughts feel very heavy because you haven't had a chance to, to stretch your brain and, and totally relax. And you think that you're mentally taking a nap, but again, you're taking information in, you're getting these these big spikes in neurotransmitters and receptors, and you're fed a steady diet of online news, images, and views. 
and you're actually starved of personal communication, especially in person. And this leads to things like groupthink and looking for others that reinforce or share your view. No longer thinking for ourselves. Okay, the zombification through social media. Self-reinforcing ideas, imagine that. So yeah, the question is, and I'm going to read this verbatim at the end of, of this article, is the question for Congress, the executive branch, and even the Supreme Court will be about regulating social media giants such as Facebook. But at a time when almost every institution is so bitterly divided and Americans lack confidence in all forms of government, that could be a recipe for disaster. Let's look at it. When we talk about public branding and trust, people are more apt right now to trust Facebook, not knowing that there's more of an immediate harm in your brain than the government. We got it. There's those stereotypes of politicians are crooked, governments not to be trusted, government regulating things that don't need to be regulated causes more harm than good. But who's in your brain every day? Who is playing with the algorithms and showing a young woman that she needs to do more squats or that she needs to get surgery or that she needs to bend her value system to get more attention or promoting TikTok challenges where young kids are to slap their teacher. It's not the government doing that. It's the technology. So who's really the enemy of the state? You tell me. So what happens if online dating gets regulated one day, right? It starts with Facebook and Instagram, and then all of a sudden now we start really looking at the dating apps. Did this happen almost a couple years ago when Match.com was getting in trouble for a lot of the uh, dangerous dates that were going on, right? And the fact that they weren't really vetting when it came to safety of primarily their, their female clients, female members. But now we got to look at this algorithm apocalypse that, that's happening. I'm going to go very Picasso and just think of some quick things that need regulating when it comes to dating. Unsolicited pics. Let's say that you get a message from a gentleman or a lack thereof gentleman sends an unsolicited pic. I think being able to report on the app may not be be enough. There should be a way that the app connects to your text messages where it then reroutes back to the app cancels or blocks that person and then it even shows that there's been a redundant issue here among the other apps that the fact that they can communicate they can talk it's almost like a a dating police record if you want to look at it that way catfishing if someone catfishes right if they misrepresent their education their height their looks their success their, maybe their financial means, right? Let's say someone is a delayed catfisher. You're in a relationship because this person says they play the guitar and they play the trombone and they're they're part of a band. And next thing you know, you find out it's actually his brother that plays for the band. You're like, what? What is going on here? And now I'm deep in a relationship because I was looking for a musician. That again could be something that can go back to some sort of. Um, point or score system that says this person is not to be trusted 
And again, all the dating app companies have the same rating amongst each other. It's almost like a human Yelp review. That's that'd be one suggestion. The other thing too is that someone, <clears throat> yours truly, has social events for singles because I believe in the connecting part and developing those social skills instead of just playing on an app. So I truly do believe that the the apps themselves, if they're only in the business of metrics and subscriptions, then they're going to show themselves. They're going to show themselves because when government wants to regulate, they now all of a sudden have to change their branding. They have to change their features and tactics on how they gamify the app. It's no longer going to be gamifying. It's going to be how can we get people to truly socialize and meet and develop that chemistry. Right now, it's a farce, okay? For people to think that these apps care more about creating relationships than making money on subscriptions, that's a farce, that's a fallacy. All they care about is getting you addicted, getting getting you to the point where you have this feedback loop where you wanna go back, you wanna go back, you wanna see how many matches you get, you wanna see how validated you feel, and then that's it. So, here, those are some of the ideas that, that I would say before dating apps get regulated to be able to play on the safe side. Let me know what you think. Let me know what else you think when it comes to your Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, etc., POF. What do they need to avoid regulation? Because if they're causing more harm than good nowadays, if they're causing hookup culture, if they're, if they're causing the lack of communication skills, if they're causing burnout, the fact that people don't even want to settle down anymore, let alone even have hookups, they're just tired of it all. To me, that's more harm than good. And if you were the big government, which as we know is not trusted, what would you do to make sure that dating is a good thing again, right? Bring back great dating. I don't want to, you know, use a quote from a past politician, but you know what I'm getting at. Is Chris the Dating Doc signing out? Peace.